I'm in Scotland right now, and we went to the Highlands. The Highlands. 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 Oh, oh, hi. I feel like this this podcast (laughs) is going to be nothing but guttural noises. Like, oh, oh. (laughs) Yeah, I really hope no Scottish people are listening. (laughs) We apologize, you know, from our, our country to yours. We're so sorry. So I touched some stones, what? and I was not transported to Highland Times pre-Jacobite error, and I didn't marry a laird, and almost get burned for witchcraft. <laughs> None of those things happened. <laughs> I know. I try every weekend. Every weekend. No luck. No luck. Yeah, yeah. Your time will come. Your 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 stone time will come if you just touch enough stones, right? Just like. Just molest yeah. enough like stones. pebbles, and you'll get there. <laughs> you How many what? Scottish stones can you feel with your little fingers? <laughs> You're missing out on a whole visual aspect of it. Yeah, this. yeah, a little finger tickly thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're tra- we're trying to say stones equals balls for everyone that's involved. <laughs> <laughs> I think if they miss that, they're reading. They're listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> Deanna Lana's podcast. Wendy and Lana's podcast. Get literary, get literary. Woo! Hello and welcome to Giddy Lit, Alana and Wendy's totally excellent literary podcast. This is series one, season two, episode eight of our romance novel two person book club. Woo. Three today. Ooh. My name is Alana, and I'm one of your hosts today. And I'm Wendy, your other host, and we have a special guest host, my sister. Becky, hello, <laughs> and we're recording all the way from Scotland. That's right, sunny Scotland. <laughs> is it actually sunny right now? Uh, actually, no. it is. But um, uh, a good Scottish word that did not appear in this book is "threek." It means gray and miserable. That's usually what it's like here. Yeah, it's more often than not. It's like the the original state of. Scotland. Actually, it's been pretty nice weather. I think I brought the sun. Nice. You did. I was all ready for it to be wintry <laughs> fall stuff, and half the clothes that I brought, I can't even wear. Much like many time travelers in the book that we read, <laughs> which was Master of Ecstasy <laughs> by Nina Bangs. Such um, a good book. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, I. Uh, <laughs> oh, I. Which takes place in the Highlands and involves time travel, double time travel. Well, actually, just one-way time travel, but also magic and vampires. So it hits all the buttons. And Vikings. Yeah, there's also Vikings. So what are you guys drinking? Dinner fash yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That's the name of our uh, drink. It has, um, so since we are dealing with a vampire, a Highlander, and a Viking, we have pomegranate and elderflower cordial, cordial lime to give it a little bit of a uh, twist, and uh, blended Scottish whiskey because it's not really Scottish. Like he just says, he says dinner a lot. <laughs> not very many sc- Scottish things that happened in this book. Um, and then what was the other thing? Oh, fizzy lemonade, which I found out is really just Sprite. What? They have this thing called fizzy lemonade, and it's just it just tastes like Sprite. It's well, delicious. it's a little less sweet than Sprite. Yeah, I think it has slightly less sugar, but not uh, otherwise. Yeah, you could you could easily substitute the fizzy lemonade for Sprite, and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. You might need a bit more lime. I don't know. But if you ask for uh, lemonade at a restaurant, you won't get that like crystal white, slightly murky water. 
No, no, no. They have that. It's called cloudy lemonade. <laughs> oh. So okay. they have lemonade, really? which is just anything that has lemon flavor. Fizzy lemonade, which is carbonated version of that. And then they have cloudy lemonade, which is this, well, more akin to squeezed lemons. Huh. Weird. What are you drinking, Alana? Oh, I am drinking um, a version of a grog, which apparently grog is rum and water with other things in it. I know that this wasn't a piratey story, but it felt piratey to me for some reason. I think just like all the elements of it. I called mine, I'm into men who cry at the end of romance novels. Because <laughs> uh, that's a spoiler, wor- spoiler warning. <laughs> that's how this book ends. This week, crying <laughs> Um, and so it's a grog with a couple of twists to it. I said lemon, but I meant lime. So of course, a uh, half an ounce lime juice, four ounces of water in amount. After I made, I would put the water in. I'm like, I decided to get uh, kind of fancy, so I put in a honey simple syrup in there too. Um, some dark rum, a slice of orange, a cinnamon stick, and you kind of like warm up the water or make simple syrup basically, uh, and then you add the rest of the ingredients. And it makes kind of a delightful kind of fall drink because, you know, it's September 2nd when we're recording. So I'm just going to lean into fall. That's my plan. That's a good plan. And you guys should, you guys have like a really intense setup right now. So do you want to describe your (laughs) setup? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. So uh, my husband, he he does, you know, some music and like uh, sort of recording stuff in his free time. And and, um, the thing is, is that while he does appreciate professional level kit, he has the ear for it. At the same time, he doesn't have a professional level wallet. And as a consequence, (laughs) over the years, he has just been scouring eBay for things that are that have typos in the name. So nobody else finds them. And then paying like, you know, 25 pounds for, you know, like a 3000 pound piece of kit. And so as a result, where we're sitting right now is um, on a table that he custom made himself to house all of this that has an entire rack full of recording equipment and amplifiers <laughs> off to the left. There are four <laughs> monitors in front of us in a, a two and two sort of layout. There's huge <laughs> ass speakers on either side of that. Then we have uh, his uh, keyboard, um, not like ABC keyboard, but like piano keyboard his piano keyboard is in front of us and then over that is a sliding drawer that pulls out that has like his typing keyboard and a couple of uh you know like how sometimes you see like pictures of like recording studios and they have all the sliders and knobs Mm -hmm. and you go you Ah. can't possibly use all those knobs yeah well he likes to have all of those sliders and knobs you know (laughs) so so we've got all of that and then in addition in front of us are his array of different things that he's built himself because he does that. So, yeah, it's it's pretty intense. It, it's pretty intense. It's it's kind of like um, you know how in uh, sci-fi movies or action movies, there's that one guy who like sits in front of like twelve computers and like watches five teen, fifteen different things at the same time, <laughs> and like for some reason, yeah, knows, the computer guy, yeah, the, the computer, computer guy, guy the, yeah, yeah, he's like yeah, he's yeah. like enhanced in some way. That's like, uh-huh. see, but the thing is, when you say enhanced after reading this book, oh boy, he's enhanced. <laughs> Spoiler alert, lots of dick talk. Lots, lots, lots. <laughs> yeah, so um, I feel like we came from very humble beginnings, Alana, you and I, with our laptops on our, on our laps in the living room. 
and we've come here. So man, yeah, you've made it. You have made it in terms of romance novels. You've touched several magical romance stones this trip, (laughs) and you're sitting in a room full of like computer monitors and knobby tubes. Well done, well done, Wendy. Well done. Yeah, I'll I'll post a picture of it. It's pretty intense. It's kind of like you know you shoot for the moon and then you land among the stars. That's that's how I feel. Uh, so you prepared a rant for us, Wendy, correct? Mm-hmm. So this this ties into um, this wonderful book that we read this time. And I think I think maybe um, as a side note, I get a little greedy with subgenres being combined. And I think that's what that's what clinched it for me this for this book. And that's why we went down this dark, terrible road that is the master <laughs> of ecstasy. Because <laughs> um, I was like, Viking and future? Awesome. And, I mean, no, no they didn't say Viking. Viking. It was, yeah, a, it was surprise a surprise Viking. Viking. And then it was Highlander. Viking. Highlander. Highlander, Viking, and future. And I was like, there's so much there. How fun is that? And then we had way too much more going on. But... <laughs> Apparently people like this book. I don't know. Anyway, so um, one of the things, one of the hardest things that I have uh, with vampires is I think that the stupidest, one of the stupidest powers they have is mind reading capabilities. Because mind reading is like the ultimate like tension killer, you know, like it completely diffuses the tension. And what are romance novels about? Tension. That's all you have. That's all you have going for you. And the fact that he can actually read into her thoughts is just so gross. And this happens in a lot of a lot of vampire novels too. Like, I would say, I would say a good ninety percent of the vampire novels that I've read have like mind readers of some kind. That many? Yeah. And then there's one book that I read recently where the whole point of the vampires is that they can read minds, of course, and but they know that their soulmate is the soulmate that they're going to be for for life. <laughs> and Becky just <laughs> pretended to puke there. <laughs> um, so they, they know soulmates because they can't read them. They can't read, mind read them. Which is like, oh, thanks for making a five-minute plot device. Like, you could you could put all of the tension of one book into five minutes of can't read you, can't read you, can't read you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, for some reason it takes them the entire book to get around to reading them. And then they find they can't. And then they're like, oh, my God, she's my soulmate. Like, why didn't you do this before? That's an annoying thing. It's also like a, I just want to say it's a cheap trick to yeah. not have to write dialogue. It's to just have a character read another person's brain because you can't figure out how to have them communicate to each other. Totally. Like, yeah. Like, it's just it's just a cheap, cheap trick. You know, like, I don't want to write dialogue, so I'm just going to have this person read this other person's brain so they can have a little, like, monologue about how they're feeling. Yeah. And then they can, like, preserve their fragile masculinity by not talking about their feelings but also actually talking about their feelings, you know? It's such bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes they forget they can read um, minds. <laughs> Where I feel like that's what happened here when he was like, I can read minds and I'm reading your mind and I'm reading your mind. And then he just like stops after a while. 
we always like if there's too many powers you always like forget about the powers after a while you know mm-hmm. um it's also creepy as hell they have a lot of weird conversations with each other with their mind reading capabilities like i know you're in there in my mind stop get out he's like just checking up on you like dude mental rape it's mental rape it's brain (laughs) rape yeah that is brain rape right there it's violation of privacy brain rape also like i mean i have a lot of stupid thoughts like yeah. <laughs> I mean, not everything that is That was a very golden, sister you know? response. <laughs> it's not all like... That was... I have very lot of stupid thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, everybody has stupid thoughts. Like, like oh, what's that over there? It kind of looks like a face. Oh, no, it's just a cat turd. <laughs> <laughs> um, please note there's not a real cat turd in front of us. <laughs> but yeah it's like you you could think one thing and then the next moment you don't think it anymore or you think something mean and then you're like oh i shouldn't say that so then you don't say it and then you don't hurt anybody's feelings but what if they're just like listening all the time and they're like you totally forgot what the word the was for a little bit (laughs) i don't want anybody in my mind at 24 7 it would just be a lot of boring stuff And and i feel like a lot of incoherent stuff like you're like you're distracted by like you know, the way a light works looks on a piece of paper for a little bit. Is that a thought? Is that something that can translate into someone else's brain? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, what about, like, when you're staring off into space just going, How many times do you think vampires, if they read people's minds, how many times they would actually stumble across stuff like that? Like, I'm going to read your mind. There's nothing... What's going on there? <laughs> oh, like a butterfly. Uh, <laughs> cookies. <laughs> Mind reading, never a good thing. And always invasive yeah. and boring and creepy. And you can't go back. You can't buy back. Once you can read minds, why wouldn't you do it all the time? You can't yeah. stop doing it. Also, people always have, like, very clear thoughts whenever you read a mind. Like, little does he know that I am going to destroy <laughs> everything. Like... <laughs> What kind of people? What kind of people have that? Those very clear. I'm Me? going to do. <laughs> My sister, do you the supervillain. Sentences. <laughs> Long parenthetical sentences that kind of run on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's also a lot of other stupid things that come with vampires. Running really fast. That's weird. Turning into other animals, that's that could be fun, but it usually it's just weird. Um, having, like, mind control is always happy. I would rather have mind control than mind reading. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, like, getting people to do stuff. Fine. You don't need to read their minds for that. You can just ask people to do things. Like, hey, will you do that thing? They'll be like, sure. <laughs> and then they're like, gotcha! <laughs> This is how Alana does mind control. Hey, can I please have that? Yeah. Mind control! (laughs) It counts as mind control when you yell, mind control! (laughs) 
So Becky, you're actually a trained linguist. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I came I came to Scotland to do my uh, master's degree in applied linguistics, uh, which is about as useful as a kick in the teeth. However, I do believe that it is now coming in handy because <laughs> the first after time I know this is the first time since I got my degree that has been useful. And so uh, she says, raising her hands triumphantly. And um, and so so I gotta say like. I actually went through and I bookmarked some of the uses of Scottish English in this in this book because uh, one, some of it was correct and two, not enough of it was correct and three, it really started to piss me <laughs> off. Okay, so like, um, oh, uh, see, see now this sentence is terrible. This this part here. Okay, he shrugged. Tis really worth my effort, but I couldn't resist the cat's thoughts. She amused me, you can. All right, so first of all. You can, Alana. How how are you reading the Y E through the entire book? Oh, as ye, as in <laughs> like old English ye, old ye. See, that's what Wendy was doing as well, and I, and it wasn't until I got to this page, which in mine is ninety four out of six hundred and sixty. Yeah, <laughs> I suffered for you. Uh, <laughs> where I actually put two and two together, where it's not ye, it's ya. You should be pronouncing it in your head, ya, like. Y-A or something? Yeah. You know, oh. yeah. You know, so. so, so, you can is you know. So, whereas we would have spelt it, you know, uh, like Y apostrophe K-N-O-W. Instead, in Scottish English, they, like, particularly with more low, you know, sort of like East Coast, really, you know, I mean, but more, slightly more lowlands, you know, they use the word, like, Fife is really good for this. Um, the kingdom of Fife. Nice place. <laughs> web feet uh so but um the but uh you know they replace the word no with ken now you do actually hear the phrase you can in in english you know but uh another one would be ken what i mean hmm. or uh i didn't can him you know so they're later in the same page there i didn't need to read his thoughts to find a way to destroy him i didn't now the thing is, I have an issue with that because i've never heard anybody actually say dinna they say dinny dinna so, so whereas like instead of no, they say nay, like n a e, but then it combines, you know. So, so I can't do that, you know. So again, same page. Tis too bad I cannot enter the thoughts of Ganymede, but it, but you know, like the person who says you can would say tis. They wouldn't say tis. That's stupid. <laughs> They'd say too bad I canny enter the thoughts of Ganymede. Canny. Hmm. Yeah, they'd say canny like. Well, just how it sounds, canny, you know. So, but, um, but the thing that bothered me most about this was I, I felt like there wasn't any grammatical changes to the language. Like seriously, it was like Control F and replace, <laughs> you know, and find and replace. Didn't, dinna. Because he's Scottish. Can't, you gotta remember he's can't. Scottish, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, of course, we didn't actually hear any of his Viking oaths until after he said he was a Viking. Uh, <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. And, but, but the one the one that irritated me the most, and I'm sure this carries on to the sequel of this book, because I think somebody said something. No, 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 wait. No, it's not the sequel. That's the Thrain guy. But, um, uh, you know that scene where, like, um, they're in, they're in the, like, the, the ballroom or whatever, and, like, a wild beast comes in and is chased by an enormous Viking. Oh, yeah. And, and... He goes and creates a big cloud to hide the destruction of this beast. And he's like, oh, no, that was just my cousin Ian. He spelt Ian 
the English way. <laughs> Ian for English is I A N. Ian for Scots, I A I N. So he's a very English Scottish vampire. <laughs> course i love that i had my sister who is a linguistics major read this book <laughs> becky you're under the mistaken impression that nina banks has ever been to scotland or talked to any scottish person because <laughs> because that's not it. it i love how to me highlander novels is more fantasy than fantasy well linguistically it was <laughs> <laughs> because because you just like uh, work off the tropes of other people who wrote it well yeah because i feel like those are all things that she probably read outlander and that's where she got yeah. some of those those um like she just takes a couple of common outlander ways that they say things and i hadn't really thought about it. i'm like oh man that means outlander's like really off too <laughs> well but i thought you said that the outlander author um yeah diana she yeah galbanon or whatever yeah she i think she did a lot of researching um, she does use a lot of Gaelic as well. I, I think it's even, I think it's not even Outlander, Alana. Mm. I, th- I think she read like, 2004. <laughs> I think she read like Lindsay Sands and other, other just like straight up made up Highlander <laughs> stuff. So, so they learned their Scots by uh, Willie the Groundskeeper. <laughs> <laughs> not even that. They learned their Scots from reading another romance novel which learned their scots from reading another lo- romance novel oh my which god learned scots from reading okay note to like novel. future romance novel authors <laughs> um i appreciate the use of shortcuts in order to you know convey ideas i mean i'm all for cliches as much as the next person <laughs> but in order to spice up your language can you just go like you know, read some Facebook posts or something by like somebody from that area, you know, I mean, or, or, or read some actual works from that time period. I mean, like I would accept, you know, like anything by like Rabbi Burns Mm -hmm. to be an inspiration for the linguistics of, of, of Highlanders of that era, but no, 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 it wasn't. Um, and I'd like to point out that I've written Highlander novel. <laughs> using using romance novel conventions well, with well, Ken A and Yi. <laughs> yeah, I've never read it though. Yeah, don't so read I it. So I can't comment. No one should read it. <laughs> it was for Nanorimo, so uh, it it's okay to be bad. It's okay to be bad, but it does hurt. It does hurt. <laughs> it does hurt a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> well, I think we can move we can move on to the the book itself. So we read a book the book itself is a time traveler, vampire, viking, magic, future so much stuff. Aliens, Aliens are in here. Yeah, I think those are those are kind of all of its genres. So it's a genre busting book. So I guess Wendy, what did you think of the book? Well, okay, so I, the other thing about this book is that I had heard some good things about Nina Banks. Like, I guess I had just, like, heard her name around. I do really like her name. I gotta say, <laughs> her for a romance novelist, pretty... her name is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good. Bangs. Bang. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. But I was like, is this a first book? Because, 
you know, we have an issue of reading first books. <laughs> and I looked it up and no, she's been writing since 1999. So, um, and this is in 2004. So it's, she doesn't have that excuse. Um, but it just feels really old. Like it feels like an old type of humor. Like it's, it's way too kitschy and, uh, kitty, <laughs> kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> There was a cat, though. (laughs) There was a cat. Yeah, there was... So, okay, the book opens with this godlike character deity. And they... Two godlike characters that create mischief. And one of them calls herself Sparkle Stardust. And the other one calls himself Ganymede, which doesn't make any fucking sense. Because Ganymede is the cupbearer in the Parthenon. And I don't know why he's like a mischief maker. That's fine. And then, um, so we've got the god thing and they're making mischief and then they take people from the future back in time. So she's from like 23,000 time era and then they take her back to the 1500s, I think. Mm-hmm. I it's hard to tell because all we have is villagers, angry villagers. That's the only context we yeah. have. And then um, her job is just so strange it's a she's she works at a job called ecstasy incorporated and she's supposed to be able to make people happier but not like sexually like metaphysically i guess they're supposed to which i guess sadness i think i think they they do removing of sadness and therefore that makes you happy it doesn't make any sense just And then she didn't even know who her subject was. Like, you would think that somebody would elect to be part of that. But instead, it was like, you're just supposed to um, pick that one. That guy. And it was a vampire. Who's a vampire and a Highlander. Which is like, that's just too much. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't a very good ham, he was, he was a ham buyer. (laughs) He wasn't a very good Highlander. And he wasn't a very good vampire. Like, you know how all the, all the Highlander conventions of, like, like, them, like, prancing around in, in kilts and, you know, taking them off slowly and that kind of stuff? That wasn't even there. He just kind of, like, whipped it off and was naked all the time. He was naked a lot, I will say. He was naked a lot. He was also really tan for some reason. Yeah, I don't, even though, yeah, even though he was, you know, re- maybe, maybe you just get more tan over time. Um, as a vampire. <laughs> I gotta say, I've never seen a naturally tanned Scottish person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he must have been an Italian Viking. Or something. Well, look at the picture on the front. Yeah, the picture is just gross. They, the novel also starts in a really odd place. The fact that it starts with the cat, the sex cat, and, and like, how she's, like, running around, like, looking for people to, to have sex to have sex like made me extremely uncomfortable like i was like is are we reading like a furry book is this a furry book that we're reading like i was like are we gonna watch this cat get it on like what Uh, yeah i was like that was when i was like that was the my most uncomfortable when reading this book is i'm like is this an extremely sexual cat 
Uh, the answer to that question, Alana, is... Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but she never has sex in her cat form, which made me extremely uncomfortable. Not to say that, like, cats can't have sex. Like, I'm not shaming any cats out there. Otherwise, how would you get kittens? <laughs> yeah. I apologize to all of our cat listeners on that one. I, you know, I didn't want to slut shame anyone. But... <laughs> Take back the cat night. Uh, no, it's my fault for not, because I realize now I've read another Nina Bangs book. Yeah, I noticed and- that. I was looking at the other books and um, I was like, why do people like these things? And then I saw that you read one in 2015 and the only review you gave was Ugh. <laughs> and one star. <laughs> yeah, it was about a T-Rex shapeshifter. Which could have been really interesting, but was also really odd. You're saying that there's something odd about a T-Rex, Tyrannosaurus Rex <laughs> shapeshifter. <laughs> Just making sure that I'm, I'm clear here. Look, we go for imaginative here. <laughs> well, that one is. That one is. <laughs> but it was apparently really, yeah, it was bad. I, all I remember is like that it was a similar type of bad. And yet I was like, sure, let's read another Nina Bangs book. Why not? It's because her name is so good. <laughs> I would even really pick good. one of these up. And I never read romance novels. <laughs> yeah. And put it right back down. Well, yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but this is why this is why I wanted Becky on this show is because a lot of people, you tell them to read something that's stupid and they'll be like, uh, yeah, I never got through that. Becky, <laughs> Becky went through it multiple times to fully annotate her spite of this book. <laughs> That's the Dwyer way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how'd you like it, Alana? Um, I I did not like it. I guess it was it was just too much to try and do, and I could tell it was at times funny. But the main character, I like the lady, could have been more interesting, but like she just didn't like she was immediately jumping into bed with this guy. Like Yeah. Well, his penis was so big, Alana. <laughs> I know, I know. How could you resist a penis that beautiful? I oh mean, it was a work of art, that penis. <laughs> I mean, even I got that, and I, I missed entire plot points in this book reading it. <laughs> But, but come on, even I got the point that that cock is the most majestic thing on the planet. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Nina Banks knows how most women work, because I don't, I don't necessarily look at a penis and go, wow, gotta jump on that. Like, I mean, oh, uh, Becky's thinking about it. <laughs> uh, jump on that? Wh- Jump on that. No, not not that no. phrase. No, that phrase is, I, I don't jump on anything. <laughs> no stop. jumping. No jumping for Becky. <laughs> I also just, but yeah, he, it felt like this book was a nano novel in that, like, they you could tell at times that they had no idea where it was going. Oh, oh. Yeah. No, no, no. Sometimes they forgot about the foreshadowing that they'd done before. <laughs> That's what killed me. Just off the top of your head, did you, which parts did you read and go, foreshadowing <laughs> well one of them was the lady the, the the servant who didn't get on with anyone else right i was like well that character is gonna end up being important later were there witches the witches yeah the witches, the witches who kidnapped that guy that he killed oh. in chapter three you know yes. i mean i'm like ooh, women who don't yet exist in the book foreshadowing <laughs> yeah 
I uh, and honestly, that was like the foreshadowing that they 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 didn't do. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, also, I agree with those women. I think that might have worked, like the trapping vampires and like, and I mean, vampires are evil, so I don't know why like everyone was feeling so bad. Like, oh, those witches stealing those book those. The, those vampires, I'm like, they're kind of evil, aren't they? Haven't they killed thousands of people over time? Like, aren't they doing a little bit of a public work here? <laughs> like, I mean, there was none of it. Yeah. Usually in the in, in in these sorts of books about vampires, there's some attempt to be like, yeah, they kill people, so that's kind of a problem. In this book, they're like, ah, eh, you know, we live forever. It's not a big deal. We kill humans. They eat humans. Yeah. Well, wasn't hit one of his things like that? So he needs he needs blood, and ugh, this is too confusing. He needs blood, but he can get addicted to it. So he just like through sheer willpower, he just doesn't drink it. My favorite is when. Oh, okay. My favorite part is where um, she's like, "So what do you do if you're really hungry?" And he's like, "I eat ugly old men." <laughs> Yeah, apparently raping is, like, pretty prevalent in that. Oh, gross. She was trying so hard to be flippant and funny and off the wall that it just, like, everything felt really contrived and also disorganized. Also, like, Sparkle Stardust is a dumb name for a character. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Uh, and she was she was possibly the most annoying character. Okay, who would you kill first? Everybody who wasn't a main character, first of all, because no, you can't. no credit to Nina. The characters that were the main characters, who I'm going to call uh, the main girl. I don't know her name. Blythe. That's it. Oh, yeah. uh, the main vampire. I still don't know how to pronounce his name. Drach. Drach. I'm going to call him Dennis. Dennis. <laughs> Dennis. Um, he looks kind of uh, like Sparkle. Dennis. Yeah, he does look like a Dennis on the cover. Uh, Sparkle <laughs> and Ganymede. So if you are any character other than that, you, especially you if you had a name, you were useless, you served no purpose, and you should die an awful, slow, painful death yeah. of fire. Death of fire, I think. Because, you know, like the whole like part about like, uh, what was that? Like the scene where like she's... Sparkle leads her to video to audio Ugh. record her boss having sex Gross. and they talk about his small penis. Ugh. I mean, because that was between two awful characters and it's like, why would I want sex between two awful characters? And I feel like she was only putting that in to cock shame him. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what bad sex is? Bad sex is sex with a small penis. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, that is this this serves no purpose. It's not erotic, so it doesn't have anything to do with sexual titillation, which I would assume would be one purpose of a sex scene. Mm-hmm. It doesn't serve any plot movement, you know? I mean, she could have just blurred over it or found another way to blackmail him. Yeah. You know, the, I mean... The weird grunting sounds were enough. Like... Yeah, that would have been enough. <laughs> that was gross enough. But small penis comments, you know? I mean, like... Oh, that's so 2004. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's possibly that part with his character, Textron is his name, and he is her supervisor, and that is the entire reason he's there is conflict, and he's just a dead end. It's just so frustrating, because he doesn't have a character other than just, like, vaguely... I'm a dick. <laughs> yeah. 
You want to talk about a big dick? I am a big dick. <laughs> yeah. And then he, like, gets it on with some woman, which is, like... The underwear saleswoman. Yeah. Which is, like, that's the whole point of the of the trip, is to have some kind of sexual experience, which also didn't seem to happen very well. Well, but that's where I thought that Sparkle was actually kind of funny, was where she made the two guys have sex with each other, which left, like, two women with their hands in the air, because obviously two women can't have sex, because you need a penis to have sex. <laughs> yeah. And then they were trying to get Ganymede to have sex with them, because she knew that, you know, that would piss Ganymede off. Yeah. You know, so I thought that was a nice little piece of uh, homophobic, you know, phallic-centric <laughs> sort of plot device, you know? It was quite amusing in that nice homophobic, phallocentric sort of plot device <laughs> way. Yeah. Yeah. I think I hated Sparkle Stardust the most, though. Because her voice, her personality was that personality that you would find on, like, a hack Buffy villain. You know? Oh, speaking of Buffy, <laughs> Alana, did you see that in there? Oh, yeah. I remember they mentioned Buffy the Vampire Slayer several times. Very topical. Very topical in 2004. That was also kind of late. Buffy was very much a cult classic by that time because it started in the 90s yeah oh that's true yeah and the fact they would know about it didn't make any sense because no one was from the time period right that kind of bothers me yeah um i have a little bit to read actually um that i thought was kind of funny which is when she's trying to control herself while 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 sort of like dealing with this guy's feelings. So her big thing and her <laughs> plot arc, the main character, is that she's trying to get the vampire to deal with his feelings, which sort of makes sense because probably you've gone through some pretty, like, problematic and self-descriptive things as, like, a vampire. Um, so she she's, like, trying to focus, and it, there is a funny part that includes some overly specific, uh, uh, I don't know, dude scenery. So I'm going to read that. She would not let this happen. Wide, powerful shoulders, arms thick with muscles. He was her client, and she would remain calm and professional at all times, sculpted pecs and flat ribbed stomach. She'd done this hundreds of times before and always handled her job with cool precision. Slim hips, powerful thighs, roped muscles, and long, strong-looking legs. This was her career, and she would never forget that she had to keep her mind on business if she expected to help him. Long, narrow feet. What?! <laughs> like this just devolved over time like it just devolved like like strong looking legs is that a thing like you look like you can hold strong yourself looking. up yeah they look really strong but you can't even you know like wear a shoe on them with any weight you know <laughs> they just look strong from the outside you know, this is just I don't know about you, but that really gets me going is those narrow feet, <laughs> you know, the skinny, skinny, skinny feet. Skinny, long, like little, you know, like probably veiny veins. Yeah. Yeah. Vein veins. Like small feet and I cannot lie. <laughs> those other women can't deny when I see a big foot in a really big boot, I really get yuck. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like big, narrow. Isn't it like big and narrow? Long, it's long, narrow, oh, it's long, line. narrow feet. Ah, I get it. They're cock feet. They're cock feet. They're cock feet, long and narrow. They're penis feet. <laughs> They're penis feet. Can I just say that penises would not make very good good feet? You can't put them in shoes. Like, that would just not work. Also, the only way that she got him to open up, quote unquote, which is 
in itself a stupid thing, is by drugging him. She was <laughs> <laughs> she turned on all these like fancy scented candles, and he was like, "Why am I talking about this? Oh my god!" But also, okay, I have a big problem with her entire thing because, <laughs> like, like, her job. Yeah, her job. Her job is ecstasy incorporated and she's supposed to make people happy okay so i admit that a main plot line of a romance novel is to get a guy to say something is to have him like open up like a little emotional flower and be all sticky on the inside and then she goes and then she the female character just like puts her hands in that stickiness and then goes ew so sticky <laughs> Uh, you're making me feel ill (laughs) seriously like that is the part that made me feel ill in this book wendy (laughs) but like you can't just say it like (laughs) i mean that's the whole plot of most most romance novels but her actual job was to actually open him up like Come on, you, you can't be any more discreet. Can't think of anything else. Some like little like psychic mind bending psychology. Oh, the fact that she just wants him to feel his emotions. Yeah, I don't know. It was very uncomplicated. Did you have a part you wanted to read out loud? Yeah, I'll read the part out that made me actually put down the book because I was feeling <laughs> ill. <laughs> a crease formed between those incredible eyes. You drive me mad with your questions. Challenge me with your beliefs care that I am safe, and yet you make me laugh. I think there's a Scots word for laugh that probably should have been put there. I'm not (laughs) sure what it is, but I think that there's another word for it. A slow flush rose to his face. (laughs) Embarrassed? Her big bad vampire was embarrassed? Something cold and hard inside her was melting into soft and mushy. (laughs) (laughs) That's not as bad to me as other things. Really? Yeah. That's that's like a worse version of standard romance, though. This happens all the time, though, on the podcast, in which, like, like, things that are very problematic come up, and both me and Wendy are like, ah... Yeah. I was mostly, I was thinking you were going to read the part where you is like, look at my cock, look at it. <laughs> Remember that part? That was fantastic. Uh, I will say that there are parts of this book which verged on erotica. Like, it seemed like they were having sex just to have sex. Which, because we've read yeah. the book on how to write a romance novel. I don't novel, see anything wrong with that! No, there's nothing wrong with no, that. No, there's nothing wrong with it. It just became more like erotica. Yeah. Especially, like, with the ghosts that are always having sex. Yeah, okay, that was weird. I mean, that was weird on several <laughs> levels, but yeah, that was weird. I actually like that plot line But then again, I got I got to say, Alana, you know, I mean, like, normal erotica doesn't just involve saying that someone is having That's sex. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to be, you have to give it a little bit more detail. Just a little bit. Yeah. 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 For all you erotica definition people out there. Shush, you talk too much. (laughs) She's going through her notes right now, Uh, and it's just really depressing. (laughs) Shush, you talk too much, woman. Yeah, would you like to hear some of my notes? Quit your blathering. I think I would have liked this book more if they would have gone to the future for a while, so we could have seen what that was like. No. (laughs) Pick one. I'm tired of these mashups. Just pick one. Okay, we also need to talk about the bitty flops. Yes. Because that, that oh, was the man. jump the shark moment for me. 
after that. So, okay, so Durak, our favorite vampire Highlander, um, who is also secretly a Viking, can, this is one of his powers, turn your fears into real things. So if your greatest fear is like a Viking coming to kill you, a real Viking tries to kill you. And then the Viking's just there. Yeah, that's terrifying. Die. It's like a real Viking. It's not like it's not like you know, like scarecrows, like fear gas, where you think that there's spiders around you. It's like an actual motherfucking spider is coming at you. It's a good thing nobody had a fear of like global warming or something. (laughs) 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 Yeah, her fear. I don't know why he even turned to fear on her. But... Oh, it was because he was trying to get her to not follow him into oh battle, I guess. So, d- yeah, oh, not follow him yeah. Something. That was weird. Ugh, I hate when they do that. Anyway, her fear was she's from the future, and so she's she's met a lot of, like, aliens and stuff. And one of her fears was this, like, giant crate of bitty fluffs, which are this alien that's, like, super pink and fluffy and chattery and kind of like tribbles from star trek yeah. only pink mm-hmm. yeah and therefore more annoying <laughs> yeah and they're they like bounce up and down a lot i was kind of thinking of like um spirited away those little coal things mm. you know oh yeah yeah but pink but pink and which more makes annoying. them infinitely more annoying yeah so her thing was that she she was o- once overwhelmed by them, and so she was scared of them, and that was her biggest fear. And so, um, so she faced her fear by like turning around and looking at the bitty fluffs, and um, then they weren't so bad because they're fucking bunnies. Like, why would you be afraid of a bunny? Like, thank God that she had that as a fear. If it was global warming, we'd all be up the creek. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just... And then, to make matters worse, since they don't die unless you kill them or the person dies, they just follow them around all the time. For like the whole rest of the novel. Where is the joy in this? (laughs) It was just like... It's like a running gag that went on far too long, like a bad Family Guy episode. Yeah. Yeah. I know that, you know, we talk about the the slide of asshole and how, like, quirky sidekicks, the more you get to the humor side, the more quirky sidekicks there are. It was like an overwhelming amount of quirky sidekicks in this. Yeah, I guess there was the, yeah, there was the sex ghosts and the bitten fluffs and the underwear salesman. Yeah, the saleswoman. Saleswoman. Yeah, there was an awful lot of, of side characters that didn't do very much in the story. Oh, and the Buffy fan. And the Buffy fan. Oh, yeah. She served no purpose. Yeah. No. I could not tell her from the rest of the... No, she's the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then his friend, Thrain. Yeah, up. and <laughs> Sparkle Stardust is, like, you know, not that important to the story either. No. No, no, it was De- Deus Ex Felinus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that what it would be? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. But she was at the beginning as well. She was like the most annoying sidekick that just was a main character. Maybe I just didn't hate her as much as you because she was a cat. (laughs) (laughs) I like cats. And I think it'd be really funny to have a talking cat. 
Probably very annoying after a while, but, you know, I mean, I could stand it for a few pages, you know, that's fine. We've had cats come in and out. They were curious and now they're bored, so they've gone. What what was your favorite part of the book, Alana? I like the part I read, actually, with, with where she's trying to, like, focus. And I liked the interesting idea of mm. removing, like, sadness or, like, visiting sadness. I thought that was an interesting effect. Mm-hmm. I liked that part. You know, and I liked when they all got together and ate that meal and everyone had, like, different things going mm-hmm. on. That was kind of good. What was your favorite part, Becky? What was your favorite part? The ghosts that could, that have sex. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like... Sparkle Stardust was pretty annoying, but also she was the only one that really, like, played with everybody else. You know, she she was fighting against the plot, the general plot line. And so that was kind of interesting. And the fact that she was supposed to find... She's supposed to find Bonnie, Prince Charlie, and she found Bonnie and Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> Two swingers from the 60s. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Or kind of funny. I thought it was kind of a funny effect. This was a book with, like, basically it had all the extras and none of, like, the middle part. Yeah. And, you know, this entire series changes. I looked up the series The Mackenzie Vampires. The next of the series is about Thrain, which we are only, like, mildly connected to in this book. And it's about some, like, sex theme park. Oh. Which has nothing to do with the Highlands. Yeah, like, this is I, the I, Highlands. I don't know. I don't know. They they can do water parks up here, and if you like having sex in the rain, that would you could do that a lot up here. <laughs> oh, and rocks. We have rocks. <laughs> you like rocks? We got rocks. Yeah. That was like, how can you possibly have sex in the cold rain I gotta say, I, I've lived here ten years. I never have. <laughs> Um, can we talk about the rape that was not considered a rape? Oh, the, you mean with the witches? Yeah. How he... Fixing rape with rape, by the way, is the worst plot line. <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> they captured him, and they were all going to have sex with him, and... Oh, no, no. They did have they sex did with him, have but he didn't come because he's awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's that's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. No, no. This this scene was bad on more levels than just it's rape. Not only is it rape, but it's sim- rape that is symbolic of his manliness. Mm-hmm. He was raped, and therefore he is manly because he didn't... <coughs> spill... <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> spill his seed. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so but that's that's what makes it even worse than just revenge rape or whatever. Yeah. They they tied him down and the witches wanted his seed so they could become immortal or something. It was really gross. And then she was like, Well, I'll fix it and not like then <laughs> she just hopped on well, and had sex with him. Well th- and he th- was like, Yeah, this is good and I was like, No. No That's not <laughs> No one, no one is recognizing that this is rape right now. <laughs> no one. <Yeah. laughs> the witches were like, "Curse you for foiling our plan." Well, cause, well, because at first they're all, she's all like, "Nice, nah, that's pretty cool. Thought I'd join you." And they're oh, all like, "Yeah, yeah all right." Because <laughs> like, that happens. Yeah, I know. In a coven. I mean, you hey, I thought I heard that you were gonna rape this hot vampire, so I thought I'd come along and join in. And they're like, "Yeah, all right." We tried raping him, didn't work. Didn't come. So you have a go. You seem to know him better. It's like, <laughs> the fuck? The fuck? <laughs> what are secret societies even there for anymore? Jeez. Uh, uh, horrible, horrible, horrible. Yeah. 
And then they were like having like a special moment while he w- she was raping him. Yeah. And I was like, he's being raped right now. He really is. Oh yeah, that was. I'll teach him. That was gross, and there was no fallout like from that at all. But... Yeah, I know. Five hundred years, he had some PTSD, but you know, I mean, obviously, being raped wasn't one of them. But now, I guess you're gonna have to have another little moment with the candles <laughs> to sort all this shit out. <laughs> Goddamn candles! Bringing out the candles every time. We gotta go back to the candles here. <laughs> <laughs> I would use those candles. It sounds like it gets you high. Yeah. It's like a mellow high where you're like, I want to talk about everything. Uh, That's like just actual high, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And a massage? Shit. I would sign up for that. I'd be like, my deepest, darkest secret. One time I stole a candy bar. (laughs) You won. Your darkness has been released. Those candy bars. Dark chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Fixing rape by rape. So, what are you reading, Becky? I'm actually between books at the moment. I just finished finished uh, Chaucer's uh, Canterbury Tales. I know. I I admit I have not read any of that particular author at all. You've you've (laughs) not read any of the you know like most well known author from the 1600s. Yep. Middle Who wrote English. a bunch of religiously inspired semi-pornographic slash comedy moral tor- tales. Yep. Oh, missing out. I know like the first 18, the first 18 lines of Chaucer. Oh, I know I know the fr- I don't know how many lines I know. When I'm that April with the shorter suit the, the drought of March has passed to the ruta and bathed every vein in sweet liqueur of which vertu engendered is the fleur and Zephyrus act with his sweet breath the halt of every heart and hath the tender croppus and the youngest son drop in the ram half coursey runny. Yeah. That's as far as I know. You guys are nerds. After that I have to kind of make it up. Yeah, we're the nerds. Actually that was required at my college it was required in my college as well really but just being an english major no it was required for everybody we had 144 students who could all recite at least 10 lines of chaucer she went to a super nerdy college yeah we were super nerds (laughs) st john's oh yeah i know i have friends who who went to st john's too that place is intense are they super nerds yeah they're super nerds i just finished go tell it on the mountain by james baldwin um, it was pretty good. Yeah, that's kind of YA. That's also a lighthearted, yeah, lighthearted shifter novel. Just a just a quick. Actually, it is a quick read. It's un, it's like under two hundred fifty pages, so it's pretty short. What are you reading, Wendy? I'm reading a book called Howl for It, which <laughs> is a shifter novel. It's actually um, two shifter novellas together. Um, one of those ones that you. Uh, they're trying to advertise the other author by putting pairing it with a similar author. Mm. You know. I'm almost finished with all of the Shelley Lawrenston Pride series. Oh. This is one of the very last ones. Oh. And it's a flashback. Nice. Yeah. So that's a thing that I'm doing. I'm not reading Middle English <laughs> or like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a translation. <laughs> it was a, the original one. 
I gotta say, if you're if you're reading Chaucer in the original, it's a lot better if you kind of read it aloud in your head to get the sound mm. of it, because yeah. otherwise the words make no sense. Mm. Although sometimes I just let them wash over me. I'm just like blah 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 blah. It's blah, interesting. Blah, blah. You sounded pretty Scottish when you were doing the the cha- Chaucer. Only to an American. <laughs> Burn! <laughs> <laughs> But I have read Chaucer and I have read Go Tell It on the Mountain. If that makes any difference. Well, that, you're still a step ahead of me. I haven't read Go Tell It on the Mountain because I don't it's read good. anything after 1900. Oh my it's good. <laughs> you are, you are definitely. <laughs> I consider me and Wendy pretty nerdy, but Becky, I think you beat us on nerdiness. Man. Yes. Well, I, 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 I am actually just kidding about that. I do read things after 1900. <laughs> I was just really offended. I, I was really offended when a friend of mine said she didn't read anything before 1900, and I'm like, say what? <laughs> <laughs> There's like a lot of books before then. I know. I mean, like, admittedly, <laughs> it would shorten your reading list, but she was a reader like you guys, and so I don't understand why she would just like discount, you know, like umpteen years of literature. Go tell on a mountain's good. Okay. Also, Native Son. That's yeah, good. I haven't read Native Son yet. I like to go tell on the mountain. I did wasn't expecting to because it's like super religious, while also being like kind of yeah. you know about James Baldwin being gay, but in a less um, in your face type of way, I guess. As it was written in the sixties. I don't know if you guys know, but it's football season. Oh, American really? Yeah, football is the is the, it's the kicky sport, the kicky running sport, but not all the kickies, more of the running. I guess I'd say. And so... Yeah, more running. It's egg handball. <laughs> For next month, um, we have figured out that we are going to be reading a football romance. Apparently a classic in the football romance genre. Because there is... Yeah, one. a football romance genre. Um, And I'm just going to read it. It's called It Had to Be You by Susan Elizabeth Phillips. And it's, what if a woman who knows nothing about sports inherits a professional football team? The Windy City definitely isn't ready for Phoebe Somerville, the outrageous York knockout who's taking, taking over their home team. And Phoebe isn't ready for the star's head coach, Dan Calibo, a sexist jock taskmaster with a one-track mind. This is the book that began it all. The Chicago Stars are about to take the field. So, yes, and we're going to read this with my friend Catherine Macy, who is a big fan of the hockey and football and other various sports romance genre. Um, she has said that... Especially a gay one. This book was written, it says 2002, but she says it was written in the 90s, and it's very problematic. Um <laughs> I'm so excited to meet the benign sexist. <laughs> this is the best. I'm sure she's going to change him, but not like too no, much. No, no, because that would be, no, outside of her. The 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 uh, cover is like just of someone wearing like a close-up of a pink, like a pink bra and like cleavage, which is like the opposite of That's all weird. books we have read, which usually have a shirtless man on them. <laughs> yeah, I love the shirtless men. Torsos. Torsos. Torsos for does, days. Does, does, does the editor of this book not know their audience? <laughs> or, or is their audience particularly fond of titties? I, I don't understand. I mean, who isn't? <laughs> but yeah, and we'll have double librarians because Catherine Macy is also a business librarian. So Ooh. that is... 
I should become a librarian. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you should work on that before our next book club book podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Getting Lit, available monthly on iTunes. For extra bonus features for this episode, you can visit gwenwendy.com slash S2EP8, where you can read more about Wendy. You can follow Alana on Twitter, at Librarian Alana. What's the best type of romance novel? I mean, this was trashy. You have to give it that. You have to give it that. Deanna Lana's podcast. Wendy and Alana's podcast. Get literary, get literary. Woo!